Welcome to another episode of the Colourful Kit Podcast Extra with myself, Tom Harrison, and today we're going to do a sort of part one of the Liga Mekki season roundup. You know, we're into the first international break of the season now, seven games in, not far off the halfway mark in the regular stage of the season. So I think it's a good opportunity to uh, start to make some conclusions, start to make some judgments upon each team based upon what we've seen so far this season. Seven games uh, isn't a huge amount, but uh, in the in the Liga Meki season where we only have 17, it's actually quite a lot. Like I said, it is almost half. So today, uh, for this episode, I asked you guys for questions uh, t- that I will answer. Um, so yeah, I, I thought I'd let you des- you guys decide what the topics would be about. And um, so that's all I'm going to do today. Just answer your questions on the season so far. Uh, so let's get straight into it. And we'll start with uh, at Jose23Moy, who asks, how much has Piojo impacted America in comparison to last season with La Volpe? In terms of style, I think it's a massive difference we're seeing you know with la volpe it was almost bizarre i mean i kind of understand because you know la volpe is is a very clever guy who knows a lot about football uh but he's also someone who was always known for style you know a man who who believed in attractive football really uh, I haven't followed La Volpe's career as, as much as I'm sure the majority of you guys, having with you guys having been in Mexican football for longer and probably having seen him as manager of El Tri. What I, I saw him, from him mainly was his time at Chiapas. And I've said it many a time, what he did with Chiapas was incredible, absolutely incredible. Uh, they played phenomenal football phenomenal stuff and um, he perhaps made Aviles Hurtado really the player he is today because he wasn't that good for Pachuca and, and now he went to Chiapas and he was incredible he went to Tijuana he was incredible he's at Monterrey he's still one of if not the best player in the league right now so um, yeah what he did there was, was amazing in terms of style but he, he got results as well he, he did make uh, Ligia in, in one season with America style kind of went out the window it was defensive football it was uh, counter attacking it, it was sitting back with five at the back uh, and we know La Volpe likes a five at the back but it doesn't always have to mean you're playing defensively I mean look at uh, look at what Lobos have been doing this season. They've they've been using five at the back and certainly not in a defensive manner. But with America, La Volpe did play that style. And um, they were... I can't remember the exact statistics, but um, the, t- the guys who are normally playing up front, uh, Silvio Romero and Oribe Peralta, they had really low shots per game averages last season. Um yeah, that so Silvio Romero had 1.1 shots per game, and Peralta was averaging 1.5. I mean, these are really low figures for strikers. This season, 
Um, Piojo's come in and it's been a lot more attacking. He's been playing 4-4-2 with uh, you know, attacking wingers out wide. Almost you could call it a 4-2-4. Cecilio Dominguez and Darwin Quintero on the two wings. They aren't players who are going to give you much defensively. So he's tried to be more attacking, I think, than La Volpe. Significantly more attacking. And so far, they've done pretty well. I think they've benefited from uh, a bit of luck here and there. Like a couple of the wins they've got have been when other teams have given away silly penalties late in the game. Uh, in uh, the Pumas and the Atlas games, I think I'm right in saying. So I think they were fortunate to get the wins there. I'm not saying that the refereeing decisions were incorrect. I'm just saying that uh, they were fortunate that opposition players made silly decisions uh, to give away the penalty like um, like Nico Castillo handballing the box in the box you know a very silly decision from him so it's been an improvement they are more interesting to watch but there's still a lot of work to be done and uh, I will come back to that a bit later uh, next one from at M. Francois, who asks, Toluca still holding on near the top of the table. Are they for real, or is it because they've had an easy schedule? Hadn't thought about that before. But they have had a fairly easy schedule. Uh, Chivas, Leon, Atlas, all, you know, all three of those sides struggling near the bottom of the table. Puebla, they just beat, again, near the bottom of the table. Sandwiched in between, they had Cruz Azul and Caxa Monterrey, which are certainly not easy games in terms of how the trio are playing this season, and Monterey, um, you know, took them took them apart really with that four-one victory. So, are they the real deal? I mean, I think they're pretty much the same as they've been for many years. They look like a team that should make Liga, should finish somewhere between third and sixth in the table, and make Liga, and inevitably go out at the semi-final stage. I mean, that, that's what they look like. They don't look particularly better than they have for, uh, I don't know, ever since I've been following the league, really. You know, four or five years ago. Um, and they don't look particularly worse. You could argue that they have slightly improved from last season, mainly due to one player, Santiago Garcia, who was their big signing this summer, coming in from Werder Bremen in Germany and he replaced Paolo da Silva who was certainly past his best um, and it's a shame to see da Silva go but yeah it was it was the right thing to do and Garcia is a fantastic replacement uh, he's done really really well this season I mean he's such a physical unit he's won he's won 75% of his duels this season which duels are defined as 50-50 challenges over the ball so to win 75% is highly impressive. I, th I think you can see it um, when you're watching. He's, he's really strong. Um, you know, does, he, he can bully um, strikers off the ball. He's averaging 3.3 interceptions a game, 2.6 tackles a game. These are really impressive st statistics. And uh, I think he's been a fantastic addition to the fence. So on that regard, you can say perhaps they look stronger, but they've lost Talavera. Is Luis Manuel Garcia going to be good enough? I'm not sure. Also not sure about their midfield. I mean, 
Antonio Rios is he's a legend there and he's having another solid season as as he always does but they're playing a 4-2-3-1 and who plays alongside him I mean Jesus Mendes just seems to get sent off whenever he plays <laughs> to be honest and um, they've brought in from nowhere Rodrigo Lopez who I have not been impressed with at all I mean I, I don't think he's worthy of playing for a team like Toluca he he doesn't look particularly good so uh, yeah I think there's a weakness there um, at times as well I guess everyone does but at times as well they, they, they still have those games particularly at home where they can struggle to break down oppositions I think Sambuesa has done a, a good job he has been very creative but he has also lost the ball uh, going into the last week he'd lost the ball more times than anyone else in the league not in terms of per minute he wasn't the leader but he in terms of total numbers of dispossessions he was the leader in the league so yeah it's a question of whether or not he's doing enough it's a shame to see Barrientos on the bench but his form was dropping towards the end of the last season so I can kind of understand and it, it does provide the team with a bit more balance playing Sambuesa in the middle and having uh, Alche and um, whether it's like Rodrigo Gomez or Alexis Canelo or Carlos Esquivel uh, out wide. So yeah, are they for real? I think they're the same as ever. Um, you never know. You never know. They, they, it could be the year they go and win the league. But certainly Santiago Garcia is an excellent signing. At Jeanette L93 asks, how do you think Ravel Morrison will impact Liga Mackey? So I had a few people ask about Ravel Morrison. Um, so here's the Ravel Morrison chat. Uh, hopefully a lot. You know, he's one of those players who has... There are so many players like this. It's like... It's the classic creative people are always... Um, sort of fighting against themselves you know you can't be creative without being crazy uh, there are so many examples of this within the world of arts and uh, creative skillful uh, technical exciting footballers are kind of just the same I guess maybe it's it's something to do with that that mind yeah the mindset that you have that um, you know you sort of players want to just do something amazing rather than do something logical or um, sensible. And yeah, he, Morrison's certainly been one of those players who has the, all the talents in the world and hasn't been able to do it on the pitch for various reasons. Uh, certainly attitude and off the field behavior has been a massive problem. I think it's always worth giving these players a go as long as you don't think they'll disrupt the squad harmony too much because players with the kind of talents that Ravel Morrison has, they don't come around often. And um, the, yeah, they're, they're in limited supply. And if you can get the most out of them, then you're going to get an extraordinary player. There's no way that someone of the talents of Ravel Morrison would have moved to Atlas without his 
attitude problems, really. You know, if he'd have, if he'd have fulfilled his talent, he, he wouldn't be here. So, yeah, I, I think why not give him a go? Um, all he is is a good manager and personal life and, and life situation away from becoming a great player. Um, now people say here, well, Ferguson failed. Now Ferguson, arguably the greatest football manager of all time, failed with Ravel Morrison, then how is anyone going to be able to do it? Well, you never know because everyone's mind, uh, everyone's personality will fit differently with different people. Ferguson was a very, you know, he was a very strong character. I mean, he was strict. He was very strict. And Ravel Morrison is certainly not the only player who had a falling out with Alex Ferguson. Look at Yap Stam. You know, there was the famous Yap Stam incident. Uh, even Wayne Rooney and David Beckham had falling out with um, Alex Ferguson at times. So you never know. As crazy as it sounds, Profit Cruz may just be that man who connects, clicks with Ravel Morrison. He may love the lifestyle. He may find that getting out of his comfort zone and being somewhere completely new and completely different changes him. So I'm very hopeful that he's going to do well. I think in terms of the fact that he's a talented young player who's yet to fulfill his potential and has been sort of given up upon by a lot of European teams, he's the perfect man to replace Clifford Abwagi. I mean, this guy is Clifford Abwagi 2.0. He really is. So I think it's great. I'm really excited and I really hope as well that um, some people in England might be interested, um, more interested in Liga Mekis because of this. I'm yet to have anyone approach me <laughs> about it, I'll be honest. But you never know. Uh, if it makes a bit of news, then maybe it might help to boost the profile of the league uh, over here, which is certainly necessary. But I say, I say risk worth taking. Yeah, bring it on. Let's see it. Uh, at the real FLO asks, can anyone stop Chivas? Only themselves. A couple of questions on Cholos. At T underscore Cornish asks, thoughts on Cholos in the 5-3-2? And at uh, Francisco EFV asks, will Cholos finish top eight? So 5-3-2, uh, I think, is a lot more suited to the way that Eduardo Cudet wants to play with Cholos. The reason for this is because they're a high-pressing team who likes to win the ball back quick and early, and therefore, and they've been pretty good at this this season, and that's why they've had a lot of possession. But they also, whilst they have a lot of possession, they're not a um, Tigres or a Puebla or a Chivas from last season style team who have lots of possession because they're not playing safe they play direct they look to win the ball back and instantly get it forward and um, because of that they lose the ball a lot their pass efficiency is normally in the mid 70s whereas um, like a Puebla or a Tigres are normally in the mid 80s so high pressing and giving away the ball a lot means you're going to be subject to the counter a lot you're basically just creating a game 
which is played in terms of transitions because their aim is to win the ball back quickly and then exploit the transition. You know, the idea is that if you win the ball back quickly, the other team will be out of position. The defense won't be organized and so it'll be easier to play through them and to score. Um, but then obviously the reverse is gonna to happen to Cholos. If they're trying to play direct the moment they win the ball, uh, similarly to what Leon have done, then you're gonna lose the ball a lot because you're making risky passes. And when you lose the ball, well, you're out of position. <laughs> and so the other team can exploit you on the counter. And I think that's where, where Tijuana really struggled in the start of the season was they just kept giving away the ball and getting exploited on the counter. I mean, Monterey ripped them apart, uh, which, was always going to happen considering they have the best counter-attacking side in the league with um, Hurtado, Pabon, Funes Mori, Carlos Sanchez. So why do I think the 5-3-2 is better than a four-back? Uh, well, simply because you've got another centre-back there. So when you do give away possession, instead of you know having two left-back or three, if you count Damian Musto as the holding midfielder. You know, if you push the fullbacks on, you've got two centre-backs, one holding midfielder. Now you're going to have three or four. So you're going to have three centre-backs and Musto uh, sitting in front. And that extra man is massive, particularly if the other team play the ball out wide quickly on the counter, because you're going to have a wide centre-back to be able to go across and cover that position. And the defence won't become too stretched and therefore it won't be too easy to play through. So we've seen the results have improved dramatically since they've had this switch to a 5-3-2. And I think that's a major reason why. The other thing that's positive, I think, is that they get to play Malcora in more of a central role. And they've brought in uh, Quick Mendoza. Now, Quick Mendoza's got three assists since coming into the side. So I think he's done really well and... Uh, I'm a fairly big fan of him. You know, I thought he was excellent at Chiapas last season. Uh, and back in the day, I thought he did a good job for America. Malcora is the main creator for Tijuana. Really, really key player. And I think if you are just sticking him out wide, you're not going to get the best out of him. So 5-3-2 means that the width can be provided by Damian Perez, the left wing back, and, and Malcora can come a little bit more central. Will they finish in the top eight? <sighs> Very tough question. I mean, three-game winning streak, but let's have a look at those three wins. Santos are 14th. Querétaro are 11th. And again, that might be flattering them. They're not, I don't think they're a great team. Uh, I don't think they're a very good team, to be honest. Uh, and Pachuca, 2-1. And Pachuca had a man off in the 14th minute. So... You know, three wins in a row, but are they that impressive? Perhaps not. Uh, but they've got Turbe coming in, and, and this links into a question from at Ramsden Aaron, who asked me to talk about Ravel and the Turbe. So let's go into a Turbe now as we're talking Cholos. Turbe, well, uh, yeah, I guess one of those, you could say he's a similar guy to Ravel Morrison, maybe. I mean, he was, I mean, this guy was massively hyped. Juan Eturbe, he was like next Messi, you know? Very quick, um, technically gifted, great dribbler, 
got big moves, you know, was at Porto, was at um, Roma, and was in the Argentina youth squad, never worked out. He's now playing for Paraguay, uh, perhaps just because he, he never got the full call-up for Argentina. He hasn't made it, he hasn't done it. So, think, well, he had an awful start to Liga Meki's life, didn't he, with that mess? Oh, dear. But hopefully we're going to see him being a really exciting player. And I think we could do with a bit of new excitement in terms of uh, new Liga Mekis additions. So he's very quick. I'm not quite sure how he's going to fit in. This is the question. If they stick with the 5-3-2, then they aren't going to play without form. They aren't going to play with formal wingers. And that's pretty much where he's played. Um, so, yeah, like, can he, will he take Quick Mendoza's place in the two and, and play as a supporting striker to um, Gustavo Bo? Will he be risked as another guy in the midfield three? Um, you know, will Kudek go with just Musto holding and then Malcora and Iturbe in, in the three? Or will he go back to a, a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-4-2 uh, and play with wingers? We'll see. I'm so I'm not quite sure he fully fits, but hey, maybe bringing him into a more central role could actually revitalize his career. Um, we'll see. But yeah, I'm, again, it's quite a high-profile player to join Ligamecki, so it's exciting. It, it'll be exciting to see how he does. Will they finish top eight? Though I'm gonna say that they'll just be snuck out of it. Uh, but it'll be close. I'm still not convinced about La Houdinga, to be honest. And that's kind of swayed my decision. A couple more questions to go. Uh, let's continue with um, transfer stuff. So, continue from the, the rest of Ramsden Aaron's question. Um, he, he said, you know, a few comments on transfers overall in general. Well... I guess the disappointing thing about the transfers this season is in terms of new guys from abroad, none, no one's really getting me excited. I can't say there's anyone who's joined the league this season, uh, you know, come in from abroad that I'm sitting thinking, I can't wait to see them again. Uh, perhaps the only uh, exception to that is Christian Marugo, who had been Liga Mekis before, but I hadn't really seen him because it was a few years back. And he, he's playing as the sort of enganche attacking midfield number 10 role for Puebla. And he looks like, he looks like a fun player. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a classic, skillful, creative number 10 who uh, seems to have a few tricks up his sleeve. So I guess he's someone that, that could develop into a favourite of mine. But there's been some very good additions from abroad, don't get me wrong. Obviously Valencia rejoined the league. We're seeing, starting to see some um, great performances from Gustavo Bo. 
Uh, Christian Menendez has got three goals for Veracruz since coming in. So, yeah, th- there's been good signings. But really, the, the ones that are getting me most excited, I guess, or most interested are the defenders. Like, Santiago Garcia has really impressed me this season. I think he's been fantastic. Um, Igor Lichnowski has been amazing. Most uh, interceptions in the league this season for Lichnowski. And guy who's who barely gives the ball away. His passing accuracy is like 89%. Uh, he wins a ridiculous amount of his um, duels. Let me see if I can find this thing. Yeah, 71% of his duels he's won this season. Uh, he's only been dispossessed twice. Like, he very rarely gives the ball away. His passing accuracy is actually 91%. So, uh, amazing, amazing stats. And someone I've been really impressed with and was a, a real, real fanta- really fantastic pickup for Nakaxa to bring in a guy who was at Porto. Obviously, it didn't work out from there, but like, excellent signing uh, and has done really, really well so far. But yeah in terms of attacking players that have really excited me when I've seen them it's been kind of your same old suspects Hurtado and um, it's been good to see Darwin back he's done well you know Reta Vizcaya Yes and Candelo um, Sambuesa the usual suspects really Cecilio Dominguez the guys who've been doing it for a long time we have seen an improvement in Vargas, who's uh, shown his his class this season. But in terms of actual new signings that have come in this season, not not much to really get me that excited, to be honest. And that's a slight disappointment. But I still think there's there has been a lot of quality that's that's joined the league. So uh, I'm talking from a you know a purely personal perspective there. Uh, f- final couple uh, next, again one on transfers uh, even Pineda83 asked tra- transfer window is nearly shut but there's still time what team could do with one big signing and who would that be I think well a lot of teams could do with a big signing Chivas Chivas could do with a big signing <laughs> there are a few teams yeah like Chivas there isn't anyone I mean they're not going to get like well Vela's gone so they're not going to bring in anyone but they could really have done with an attacking midfielder or a winger or a striker, you know, some attacking player because Polito's injured. Rodolfo Pizarro has been awful, to be honest. Apart, he scored two goals and apart from that, he's been dreadful. He just gives the ball away far too often. Uh, he's been dispossessed. He's been dispossessed 31 times this season. Toluca have been dispossessed 51 times this season insane Carlos Fierro has been atrocious uh, he's completed 10% he's completed one dribble all season 10% of his attempts and less than 10% of his crosses it's just he's just been awful uh, Brusuela I feel for him because he hasn't really got a chance but he's hasn't shown that much when he's come in Chofis Lopez has been superb and must keep starting 
Obviously, Cisneros, I don't even know what's happened to him with his injury. I haven't heard about him for ages, but I thought he was decent. But obviously, he's not around at the moment, so Chivas could really have done with an attacking midfielder, but that's not going to happen. So we can pretty much forget about that. Uh, who else could do with something? Um, well, you know, Ivan's, Ivan, you're an America fan, and I believe I'm right in saying that. I know you do... Um, you do America um, YouTube, like um, FIFA career mode. So I'm assuming you're an America fan. Uh, you could do with another striker. <laughs> you really could. A lot of reliance on Arriba Peralta now. And we saw on uh, Saturday against Morelia, six big chances were missed by America. Two by Silvio Romero, who is just in awful form and you know is is so hated by the majority of the fans now it, it just hasn't worked out and he needs to move on for the best for the better of his career he's not a bad player at all he's fantastic at Chiapas and I know a lot of that was to do with the fact that he was playing up with Avila Zatado who is the best attacking midfielder in Liga Mekis has been for the last few seasons but I still think he's a good player and um he should move on uh, in the next transfer window. He just needs to. He needs a change of scenery, new fans. Uh, he needs to get out of there because it's a toxic environment for him. Uh, and then Alejandro Diaz missed four big chances uh, against Morelia. So too much reliance on Uribe. America really, I think, could do with another striker or another attacking player. And, and maybe they could be really fun and play with a false nine or something like that. But yeah, I think they could do with, with something else in attack um, if they're going to be able to really challenge for Ligia this season. Uh, final question comes from at Football Poster who asks, well, first asked about Robert Morrison. I've, I've answered that one. And then asked, who are your favourites for the Apertura? Give us your top three. Top three, uh, okay. Well, the obvious two are Monterrey and Tigres. Monterrey look so good this season. They've they've executed the Tukla Mohamed style of play to absolute brilliance. Uh, sitting back, soaking up pressure. They've conceded just four goals this season. And on the counter, they are incredible. Um, Funes Mori has done such a good job at holding on, holding up the ball, winning duels, getting possession, and giving it to Pabon, Hurtado, and Sanchez. And all three have been in extraordinary form. And this is the Hurtado difference. You know, I can't speak highly enough about Aviles Hurtado. As I've said many a time, he's a, an attacking player who just has it all. Technical ability, hard work, physical attributes, you know, his pace, his balance, his agility. Um, very intelligent, such a good mover off the ball. You know, his, his off the ball movement makes him so difficult because he's got the pace, he's got the intelligence to know where to move and he's got the hard work he's got it all in terms of off the ball movement uh, he scores goals he gets assists 
he's just a, a phenomenal player and that you can look at all the statistics for him and and you can say he's a he's a great player but i think more than anything what proves how good he is is when you see how well teams have done with him in the team you know <laughs> tijuana were fantastic going forward last season and were the super leader in the apertura and the clausura Monterrey, 15 goals this season, top of the table. At Chiapas, uh, when he had the full season in the Apertura, when they got into the Ligia, they came fourth. They scored over 30 goals in the season. This guy is not only a great player individually, he's a great player collectively. He just seems to make everyone around him better. I think that's what he's done with Monterrey. And because of that, they have to be favourites. And you know what? It would make me really happy. Not that, you know, I don't support anyone and, and whoever wins, wins. I just enjoy it from a neutral perspective and from an, an analyst perspective. But it would make me really happy to see Avila lifting the um, Liga Mekis trophy because I think he, he fully deserves it for what he's done over the past few seasons. But Tigres, as ever, will be incredibly difficult to beat. They're still working out that best lineup, but they've got the defensive midfielder in now in um, Carioca. And they are, I mean, again, phenomenal going forwards. Um, still can't believe that um, Zellaran hasn't been playing lately because he's, he was the best player in the league so far this season. But yeah. Um, that's another thing but they're a fantastic team fantastic team who would I say are the third behind them very difficult I guess, I guess I'd go with America uh, even though I, I know I have just picked the top three this season but they do have obviously, obviously they have Piojo who's been there and done it before they've got although they could do with another attacking player they have got some class attackers in Cecilio Ibarra uh, you know, Darwin, who is um, coming back to form and has been really useful this season. Obviously, he loses the ball a lot, but he creates a lot too. Uh, Peralta, still a regular goal scorer, plus best defensive midfielder in the league, Guido Rodriguez. Mateus Uribe, we'll see what he can do. Machacin, one of the best keepers in the league. Pablo Aguilar, one of the best defenders in the league. Paulo Aguilar, probably the best right back in the league still. You know, there's class throughout this side. So it's boring, it's obvious. But Monterey, America, Antigos are my favourites for the gear at the moment. Okay, guys, uh, that's it for this episode of the Colourful Care Podcast Extra. I hope you enjoyed uh, the episode and I hope you found some of the stuff that I've been talking about interesting. Uh, if you want to hear more from me, if you want to learn more about Liga Mekis, and particularly see my analysis of the season so far then be sure to follow me at tomh underscore 36 on twitter and keep your eyes posted on articles that i've got coming up over the next couple of weeks um, i've already done one on why chivas are struggling and i'll have some more articles um, with plenty of statistics in uh, to hopefully educate and um, improve uh, 
you know, the community's knowledge about uh, Liga Mekis this season. If you enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to listen to another soccer podcast, then be sure to check out the World Football Index feed. They are on iTunes and they are on SoundCloud as well. So thanks again for listening to this podcast. Thank you to everyone for sending in the questions and I will catch you all on the next episode.